There's growing concern across the country over the United States Postal Service. The coronavirus pandemic has pushed the USPS into a financial crisis. But at the same time, more Americans than ever may be relying on the post office to deliver their ballots in the November election. And many are worried that the Postal Service might not be able to handle it. Democrats are pushing for more funding to support the Postal Service, while Republicans and President Trump are against it. And the USPS now finds itself in yet another tough spot, at the center of one of the country's most heated political battles. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, August 17th. Coming up on the show, what's really going on with the U.S. Postal Service and what it means for voting in November. Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse. But will it pay off? Go inside the company in a new three-part series, From Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's Big Bet, in the Tech News Briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal. Since the pandemic began, there's been a problem with voting. Many people don't feel safe going in person. So some states have expanded mail-in voting as an option. And one party has been especially focused on making that happen. Democrats have been wanting to expand mail-in voting really since the pandemic started. And so as they've been debating the coronavirus stimulus packages around that, they've always made funding for expanding mail-in voting a priority. Our colleague Natalie Andrews covers Congress, and she says that Democrats' desire to fund mail-in voting has led to a showdown with the Trump administration. Donald Trump does not see mail-in voting as a priority, and he has said that it could lead to voter fraud. Voter fraud has occurred with both in-person and mail-in voting, but researchers have found no evidence that it's widespread or more likely to happen via the mail. But President Trump continues to say he doesn't like mail-in voting. And last week, the debate heated up. So on Thursday, Donald Trump said he did not want to have more funding for the post office. office. Now, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Because he said that that would allow for more mail-in voting, and he doesn't want that. He really connected the two For the first time, the Democrats would say he said the quiet part out loud, and they accused him of trying to sabotage the election, trying to sabotage the post office. And it really started heating up this debate where Democrats were asking for more money, and Donald Trump had said that he didn't want more money. If Congress were to approve more money for the Postal Service, it wouldn't just expand voting. It would also help the USPS with its finances more generally. The Postal Service has seen budget shortfalls and declines in revenue in recent years because people just aren't mailing as much as they used to. They're not using the Postal Service like they used to. Your grandma used to send birthday cards and packages, and we don't see that as much. Not to brag, but my grandma does send me birthday cards still. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too, to be honest. Um, But we're just not using the Postal Service in the same way. And we see this debate heat up every once in a while because people will say, well, maybe the Postal Service should be scaled back to five days a week. And that becomes politically 
contentious because people do depend on the post office, especially in rural areas. Social Security recipients still do receive debit cards via the mail, which they depend on. And a lot of medicine is shipped through the Postal Service as well. While the Postal Service is a public entity, it actually isn't funded by taxpayers. It's a business. It makes its money off the stuff it ships. But it is subject to congressional rules. And one of those rules is that it needs to make payments to a huge retiree fund. In 2006, Congress started requiring USPS to have enough cash on hand to fund the medical benefits of retired postal workers decades into the future. It also has requirements about where it can ship, which is pretty much everywhere, and how much it can raise its prices, which is hardly at all. Even with these requirements, the USPS has been getting along generally okay. But the coronavirus changed that. When the pandemic came to the U.S., postal workers started getting sick. And at the same time, there was a huge surge in online shopping. Processing all those packages led to more costs for the Postal Service and slower package delivery times for consumers. In the midst of this, something else changed for the USPS. Its board hired a new postmaster general, Louis DeJoy, who previously worked at major logistics companies like XPO. Louis DeJoy is a former logistics executive and a Republican donor. He's donated more than a million dollars to the Trump campaign, to the Republican National Committee, and also to Republican candidates for office. He's also been talking regularly to the president about reopening during the coronavirus outbreak. So we know he has a relationship with Donald Trump and talks to him often. And so why does that raise concerns? Democrats say that this is a cozy relationship and that he's going to listen to the president and do what the president wants. So that's Democrats' concerns about DeJoy. But on the other hand, he is an experienced logistics executive. Yes, it's not out of the blue that someone who has spent his life in consulting and project management and logistics would be tapped to lead the Postal Service. And what would you say is DeJoy's vision for the post office? So Mr. DeJoy is trying to run the post office, as he says, like a business. He is looking at the budget. He's looking at costs. The Postal Service, they say they're looking at need and demand. Essentially, how they're trying to make the Postal Service more efficient. Yes. DeJoy has tried to do this by making budget cuts. A lot of these cuts had been suggested before he started, but not implemented until after he arrived. The cuts included things like limiting overtime for postal employees, removing some of those blue mailboxes, and reducing the number of mail sorting machines in places where the Postal Service says they're less needed. And these moves have already raised eyebrows. Photos of mailboxes being removed from towns across the country have gone viral. Mailboxes being snatched off street corners and sorting machines being removed from numerous USPS locations. Causing mail to pile up undelivered. All this as postal workers across the country are sounding alarms this week. The USPS says these changes will make service more efficient. And it's announced that it won't remove any more mailboxes before November. But the fact that these changes are being rolled out just before the election has made people nervous that the timing isn't a coincidence. More on that after the break. Meta has spent upwards of $50 billion developing the metaverse. But will it pay off for the company, its investors, and for CEO Mark Zuckerberg? Over time, I hope that we are seen as a metaverse company. 
and I want to anchor our work and our identity on what we are building towards. Meta's trillion-dollar business and how we use the internet could hang in the balance. Go inside the company in a new three-part series, From Facebook to Meta, Zuckerberg's Big Bet, in the Tech News Briefing feed from The Wall Street Journal. Welcome back. In response to some of the recent budget cuts at the Postal Service, the workers' unions say they believe the budget cuts are political and they're aimed at slowing down mail delivery. But the USPS says that's not true. What has the post office been saying about its ability to handle all this mail that they expect to be getting ahead of the election? The Postal Service has said that they can handle the volume. It's just a matter of turning it around and getting the ballots in time for the deadline. Because oftentimes these ballots have to be postmarked by a specific day in order to be counted. And the concern is that if states tell people they can mail their ballot the day before and it has to be there on election day, that might be the gap that happens. Mm -hmm. Because the post office is saying, look, if you put something in the mailbox on November 2nd, we're not probably going to be able to get it to the ballot official on the next day. Yes, with the flood of ballots, that is expected to happen. So essentially the fear then is that people's votes might not be able to get counted if they're not mailed on time. Yes, if there is a sharp cutoff deadline that your ballot has to be in by this time and a voter waits to mail it, then there is that concern. How has the Postal Service communicated this concern to local election boards? The Postal Service sent letters in July to election officials telling them not to procrastinate with mail-in balloting, telling them not to delay and talking to them about the deadlines. If states wait until the deadline is right up, say, election day, then the ballots are going to come in slightly after that. So states need to take that into account. During the primary season, some states experience the kinds of delays that can happen in an election with a large number of mail-in ballots. So there have been delays because of an increase in mail-in voting. In New York, the election took weeks to finalize. In Utah, it took about a week for them to declare who had won the gubernatorial primary, which certainly raised concerns about what's going to happen in November. Are those delays driven by the fact that those states told voters that they could turn in their ballots too late? Or were they driven by the fact that the post office was overwhelmed? More people did vote by mail in these primaries than had in the past. But also, the ballot counting process was slower. Mail-in ballots take longer to count than in-person votes. Part of that is you have to open the envelopes, you have to verify signatures, it's not electronic. And it was also a word to local election offices to maybe hire more staff or get more technology. And so it wasn't just the post office. It was the whole process of counting and certifying election. So if these slowdowns that we saw in New York and in Utah during these primaries, if that happens at a national scale around Election Day in November, what do you think that that might look like for the country? 
We have had presidential elections where we didn't know the president the next day. So it's not unprecedented, but it could lead to delays in counting where we don't know the president right away. And what is going to happen if we don't know the president right away? America is so partisan right now. And the longer the delay, it opens room for people to raise speculation, distrust the process, etc. And that is one reason why people are pushing hard for this to be settled before November. Democrats are really upset and they're getting increasingly upset that mail-in balloting and mail-in voting could be distrusted or delayed. This has come straight from the top. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have been vocal right from the beginning that postal service funding needs to be in this next phase of coronavirus legislation. So it's a health issue. You shouldn't have to choose between your health and your ability to cast your vote. There are people who think uh, that uh, the post office is central in this election. Maybe the president thinks that too, and that's why he wants to shut it down. And they've specifically pointed to the election. They say the Postal Service needs to be in a good operational state for the election. And Democrats on Sunday called for Louis DeJoy, the Postmaster General, and Robert Duncan, the chairman of the Postal Service Board, to appear at a hearing. And they set the date for that hearing on August 24th. And that's when Congress was normally on its summer recess, right? Yes. I cannot stress to you how rare it is for Congress to come back in Washington in August. It's usually a dead zone. Washington is a miserable, humid place in (laughs) August. And it's a time when lawmakers are back in their districts. What does that tell you then about how significant this situation is, that Nancy Pelosi is willing to end the summer recess early in order to have this hearing and this vote? Democrats are very alarmed over this. They're worried that the president will do something to alter the outcome of the election. What are other Republican politicians saying about this fight? Republicans have largely been silent on the concerns the Democrats have expressed. Steve Scalise, number two House Republican, called it a fabricated crisis and said that he'd voted in person. It was a smooth process in the primaries. So Republicans, for their part, have said that voting in person is not as dangerous, say, as Democrats may make it out to seem. What is clear is that the debate about the post office has made a lot of people worried about what might happen in November. But Natalie says there's one way to overcome that. If you're going to vote by mail, and you get the ballot, don't let it sit on your kitchen counter or shove it under a pile of mail for a few weeks. Pretty much everyone in America knows who they're going to vote for in this election. That ties back to America being pretty polarized right now. So if you're going to vote by mail, when the ballot comes, check it off, fill it out, sign it, and send it back. Because if you mail the ballot in September or early October, you won't have to worry about whether or not it arrives to the counting location on time.
That's all for today, Monday, August 17th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode from Alexa Course and Paul Ziobro. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.